Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. My new book, Intergalactic Totalitarianism, is now out on Amazon Kindle and paperback. I'm currently in production of the audiobook, so you'll be the first to know when that is out as well. Um, links will be in the show notes, so check it out if you're interested. Interested. All this talk of the Empire may lasted less than 30 years. Mandalorians have existed 10,000. You are fighting against the blade. It gets heavier with each move. That is because you are fighting against the blade. You should be fighting against your opponent. You are too weak to fight the Darksaber. It will win if you fight against it. You cannot control it with your strength. I want to try again. Persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome. Your body is strong, but your mind is distracted. Dinjarin, have you ever removed your helmet? By creed, you must vow. I have. Then you are a Mandalorian no more. I beg you for your forgiveness. How can I atone? According to creed, one may only be redeemed in the living waters beneath the mines of Mandalore. This is the way. If you had to put the seven sacraments into chronological order, what would be first? The answer is baptism. This not only makes us adopted children of God and heirs to heaven, but also initiates us into the Catholic Church and grants us access to the rest of the sacraments. So sometimes people ask why we as Catholics baptize babies, because maybe in their church and their tradition, baptism is something that follows a profession of faith made um, as someone is, is a, a young person or an older person that makes a profession of faith, and then baptism becomes kind of a sign of that profession of faith, um, which... To us, our understanding of faith is, is maybe a, a little bit uh, different than that. The Catholics believed, by in particular the High Middle Ages, that at baptism, original sin is washed away. Way, 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 way. Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Book of Boba Fett, episode number five. This episode was an interesting one, as it did not feature one single frame with the show's namesake, Boba Fett. 
But in my estimation, it was the strongest episode of the season so far, due to its focus on the main character of the preceding Star Wars live-action series, the Mandalorian himself, Din Djarin. In this episode, we exclusively follow Din, who meets up on Tatooine with Fennec Shand at the end of the episode, and likely with Boba in the following episode. Din starts off by collecting a bounty in a very brutal way with the Darksaber, which as you recall he gained from Moff Gideon in combat during the Season 2 finale of The Mandalorian. After this bounty, he meets up with the Armorer. She is essentially the spiritual leader of The Mandalorians, as she is steeped in the knowledge and the ways of the Mandalorian culture going back centuries. She mentions that the Empire stood for 30 years and was defeated. Meanwhile, the Mandalorians had survived for thousands of years. This quote is interesting because yes, on one hand, she's correct. The Empire did only last about 30 years. And the Mandalorians had survived many more years. But I would push back a little bit and say that although the Empire was defeated in 30 years, we do come to find out in the sequel trilogy that the Empire's mentality and totalitarian spirit was carried on by certain Imperial officers who did survive. We talked about this a while back on an episode titled Operation Cinder Harp, which talked about Operation Cinder in Star Wars and its comparisons to Harp in our world, H-A-A-R-P. On this episode, we discussed that after the Empire's defeat, the Emperor enacted Operation Cinder, which wiped out many Imperial bases and planets throughout the galaxy. But he made sure to spare several Imperial officers who he thought could help rebuild the Empire again from the ground up. So the Empire didn't necessarily dissolve in and of itself. It adapted and survived. And regrew. No different than the Mandalorians. They were essentially all defeated, a handful survived, and they started to regrow as well. As Din is showing the armorer his skills with the Darksaber, she helps to train him in how to use it properly, and to tell him a little bit more about how the Darksaber itself works. In their training, he noticed that the Darksaber was becoming heavier and heavier with each swing. She tells him that he's fighting against the Saber, and not with it. So basically, the saber itself is challenging him that he is even the rightful holder of the sword itself. So, so. To me, this scene symbolizes the elites and the powers that they wield. Especially now in these times of vaccine mandates and lockdowns and other fear-slash-control mechanisms. It seems to become harder and harder for them to maintain the narratives that they've been pushing. They once said that masks weren't important. Then masks were only for unvaxxed people. Now they are important for all vaxxed and unvaxxed alike. They once said that two shots would work. Now it's three. And gonna be four soon. People are making it harder and harder for these governments to maintain their authority on COVID because the people know that the government are pushing these lies and propaganda for the profits of the pharmaceutical companies. Similarly with the Darksaber, the Darksaber feels that Din may not be the rightful ruler of the Blade so it is making it harder and harder for him to wield the power. 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 
The armorer also has a great quote in the scene when she says, Persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome. And this will lead back to the same conversation we just had about the elites. They don't realize or accept the reasons that people are pushing back on them. They simply try to censor any and all opposite opinions on medical issues like viruses and vaccines. They continue to assert their authority in a one-sided manner and are confused about why there is so much pushback against them. The reason is because they are not even applying reason. Vaccines are not the only way. There are other treatments. Even other treatments are not the only way. There are herd immunity thresholds and beliefs that could lead to the reduction of viruses as well due to natural immunity. Basically, these elites are all magical thinking narcissists. They will never understand why a contingent of people won't just bow to their will. Towards the end of the scenes with the armorer, Din is confronted with a question about his helmet. Has he ever removed it before? Has he ever removed it before in front of others? And the answers to these questions are yes. We saw this happen in the Mandalorian Season 2 finale as he bid farewell to Baby Yoda. And yes, I'm continuing to call him Baby Yoda, not Grogu, so get over it. The armorer tells him after she finds out this fact that he can no longer be a Mandalorian. He's broken a key tenant. To atone, he needs to go back to the planet Mandalore and be redeemed in the living waters beneath underground mines, per the armorer. So essentially, he needs a physical act, aka a ritual, to earn his spot back as a Mandalorian. Now bear with me while we go down some religious-slash-spiritual rabbit holes. The viewpoint that a ritual alone can redeem flies in the face of Christian doctrines in our world and seemingly holds a Catholic point of view. Now, I'm not Catholic, but I'm aware of the redemption tactics of going to confession, saying Hail Marys, and other physical means for one to be considered forgiven of their sins. Also, there's the idea of baptism at birth that forgives original sins, a.k.a. the sins that we are born with. Forgive me if I am misconstruing the specificity of these beliefs, I acknowledge this may be an oversimplification based on my worldview and understanding of the doctrines. However, on the flip side, in my viewpoint and experience of Christianity, baptism is seen as a second step in a symbolic representation of your relationship with God and with Christ, but it does not in and of itself create that relationship in the physical act alone. It alone is a personal choice that you make to follow God and to follow Christ. No outward physical act gives that to you. Basically, your Christianity and your belief system and your spirituality does not come from a virtue signal meant for others to see. Now, outwardly, after you make the decision to follow Christianity, it does manifest itself towards how you interact with others and how you conduct yourself on a day-to-day -day basis, 
or at least it should. So for me, it's about personal spirituality and not about performing specific rituals. Also, the Mandalorian philosophies that the armorer is telling Din are from her point of view and from her experience. Who's to say that her way is the way? Din seems to just blindly agree with her ideology without questioning. Now, in Season 2 of The Mandalorian, we saw Bo-Katan talk about what it meant to be a Mandalorian to her. And her version did not factor in this strict adherence to not removing her helmet. That didn't make her any less of a Mandalorian. She still held to the importance of her interpretation of the Mandalorian culture and her lineage, although it differed from others, like the Armorer. Many in our world think that adhering to strict rituals are the key to life and spiritual well-being. Now, I'm not one to judge or criticize anyone's beliefs, but in my opinion, spirituality is not a check-the-box type thing. I went to church, check. I gave money to a charity, check. I prayed, check. There is an intangibility about spiritual things that sometimes drive people crazy. It's hard to believe in something that you can't see, feel, or touch. Which is why many pagan beliefs, heck, even Christians, Catholics, and other religious zealots, rely on physical manifestations of what they believe. But the point is to make sure that you're not worshipping these idols or worshipping these things, but what they represent. Physical things will pass, but those things that are eternal will live on. Now, that all being said, I really did enjoy this episode, and I think that it foreshadows really great things yet to come, even a possible Baby Yoda cameo for Lucky. So I'm locked and loaded in my Naboo Starfighter to blast off into hyperspace for the next two chapters to end this season. Was that a cheesy analogy? Yes. Am I ashamed of it? Yes, but also no. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I hope you all are doing well in this crazy world that we live in. Thanks for tuning in for a few minutes each week with me as we enter into another galaxy. May the Force be with you, and God bless. bless.